the Blaze Radio Network. On Demand. 2017 is going to be a volatile economic year. We may see politicians throughout the world attempting to control central bank policies. Several renowned financial analysts have warned that political interference in central bank policies may mean our economic misses of inflation and growth targets. Gold is an international currency that can't be issued or controlled by governments. If you don't have the only hard currency that has outlasted every politician and every failed idea of governments for centuries, you need to speak to Goldline right now and learn how easy it is to add gold to your portfolio or IRA. Now is the time to diversify your financial portfolio by adding gold. Call 1-800-913-GOLD. Buying real gold is easy and fast at Goldline. And you're going to be happy that you finally made the call. 1-800-913-4653. Goldline also offers price protection against short-term market fluctuations on qualifying purchases. So buy with confidence. Read Goldline's important risk information and find out if buying gold is right for you. Call Goldline. 1-800-913-4653. Prepare yourself to ingest current events, pop culture, and politics with a side of Latin flair. Vices. I don't have to show you any stinking vices. This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. You know what, Philip Bump? Philip Bump is a a guy who writes over the Washington Post. You are a world-class a-hole. I'm going to get to that here in a minute, but I'm I'm a little hot under the collar after what I have read. I'll, I'll, as I said, let me introduce the program. Welcome everybody. It's the Chris Salcedo Show. That's kind of how we roll here. <laughs> kind of say what's on our minds. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three eight 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 nine zero zero three three nine three. We'll get to the uh, the individual that I just mentioned, Philip Bump, here in a moment. After I tell you how to uh, get in touch with the show on social media, go to theblaze.com slash radio, Blaze Radio smartphone app, iHeartRadio app if you want to listen to us live, and here comes social media at Chris Salcedo TX, at C-H-R-I-S-S-A-L-C-E-D-O-T-X on Twitter, on Facebook, The Chris Salcedo Show. You'll also find an email link right there on the Facebook page if you want to do things that way. On-demand listening for The Chris Salcedo Show, SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher. This is this is how you take the Blaze programming and you listen to it on demand. Take it with you. Binge listen, if you will. I know a lot of guys and gals who are doing this now. Basically, they catch up on all of their talk radio for the week on Saturday. I don't, I don't know how they do it, but... This is, this is something that's a thing now. It might be a millennial thing, but anyway, we're all too happy to accommodate your listening needs here on the Blaze Radio Network. This is the Chris Salcedo Show, as mentioned, where we are the antidote to the basket of bias, the Brian Williams Press. The headline on, uh, and I'm not, I'm not going to read the whole dang article to you. Just the headline and the first stanza was enough for me. This snarky little vapid Philip Bump from the Washington Post. Trump now agrees with the majority of Americans. He wasn't ready to be president. At no point over the course of the 2016 campaign did a majority poll think that Donald Trump would be qualified on day one. This is more than in my previous this is more work than in my previous life, he said this week. I thought it would be easier. I do miss my old life. 
let me remind Philip Bump that anybody with any intellectual honesty who has ever entered the White House says you are never prepared for what you what you find when you get into that office. You are never anyone who says I'm ready to be president on day one. They're lying. And everyone who is honest, and this excludes, of course, resident Obama, Mr. Bump. If they're honest, they will tell you this. That it's never what you think it's going to be. Mr. Trump isn't in any special company realizing, hey, this is a, a particular challenge here in my life. Now, he may realize it less than others because others have made a career out of being a politician. And that's not admirable, Mr. Bump. Career politicians, that's not admirable. Making yourself a leech off the American taxpayer is not something to be admired, sir. Oh, I'm ready to be president on day one. Screw you. You have no idea. And neither do you, Mr. Bump. Mr. Snark. Good grief. Get a hobby. Your writing sucks. All right, well, that said, hey, uh, welcome. <laughs> let's get into the, let's get into the flip around. Uh, <laughs> Ellie's like, you, I look over at Ellie's like, okay, kind of twiddling her thumbs, not making eye contact. Okay, what's up? Okay. Oh, yes, let's get into the show now, shall we? Flip around time. Let's get over to, uh, we'll go with CNN first. I wouldn't have said that he, he looked like he was unhappy to be there. What did you think of that? And it was a fascinating comment because it sort of speaks to one of the truths of the presidency that you, you just can't know until you're in it, I think, mm -hmm. that you know it is the most powerful position in the world, and yet you have very little autonomy in your sort of personal life and movements and how things play out. There's such a security bubble around you, so much scrutiny on you all the time. And Go figure. CNN, the leader of the basket of bias, happens to be talking about what you and I were just talking about, taking their cue from the left-wing Washington Post. <laughs> oh, miss my old life. Trump, miss my old life. Presidency harder than expected. <laughs> Good grief. It's just, they're, they're trying everything they can to delegitimize him ahead of this this 100-day mark. By the way, I think that's what MSNBS is talking about right now. Senator from the state of New York. Uh, but I asked uh, Leader Schumer whether he thinks that Trump has been successful, that President Trump has been successful in attempting to negotiate with Congress in these first 100 days. Take a look. Looking at his first 100 days, and I know you've been on the phone with the president personally over the course of this uh, spending bill negotiation, do you think he is a great negotiator? So far not. I mean, ah! his forays into the Congress have been been bad. I mean, that's why I give bad. his his hundred days. <laughs> Chuck Schumer, yeah, his his forays into negotiating with Congress have been bad. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's that's hard hitting journalism over there at MSNBS. Excuse me. Uh, Democrat leader of the uh, the Senate. Uh, do you think the Republican president is a good negotiator? <laughs> and you're expecting anything other than the answer of, oh, yeah, he's a shrub. He sucks. Really? Oh, groundbreaking journalistic questions right there. Hard hitting questions. Now, had this been Obama, the question to the Republican leader would be, well, why aren't you working? Why aren't you finding common ground with this president? 
Notice this shrub at MSNBS. None of those questions to the Democrats. It's, it's so, it's so contrived and they're so in the tank for the Democrat party. It's not even funny. Absolutely amazing. Hey, at least the, one of the panelists over on CNN had the intellectual honesty to say, this job isn't at all what it's cracked up to be by anyone. Ronald Reagan, who I would rationalize was probably one of the more prepared individuals after being governor of California to be president. Even he said, man, alive, this, this thing being president is a whole new ball game. Nobody is prepared. Uh, oh, and now they have a panel discussion. Gee, let's have a panel discussion on how much, uh, president Trump sucks. <laughs> Over at MSNBS. I don't think we'll go back and dip into that. Let's go over to Fox. I loved my previous life. I loved my previous life. I had so many things going. I, I, I actually, this is more work than in my previous life. I thought it would be easier. I thought it was more of a, I'm a details-oriented person. I think you would say that. But I do miss my old life. This, I like to work, so that's not a problem. But this is actually more work. President Trump said he used to be able to go out to restaurants and that he enjoyed driving. He says, I can't drive anymore. During that interview, Reuters reporters said the president interrupted himself when he was talking about China and started handing out copies of his 2016 electoral college map. He said they had the latest (laughs) figures showing the parts of the country he won over Hillary Clinton. Let's bring in Fox uh, News Sunday oh, anchor let's Chris talk Wallace. About it, Chris, yes. who does have a fascination with that election and how it turned out. It's almost like he himself can't believe that he won. Well, it is interesting, and he even brought it up again when he was talking to the NRA uh, this afternoon. And <laughs> I, I, one, I think he, he uh, may still be a little bit surprised by it. And, and, you know, I think there's a certain sensitivity there that this continuing talk, whether it's about Russia or stolen votes or whatever, as to whether or not he is the legitimate president. He seems to be the only person who still has any doubts about that. I, I wouldn't say that, Mr. Wallace. There are plenty of folks out there in Berkeley and left-wing bastions all over this country who are constantly yelling, not my president. So uh, maybe he maybe he is among the sane people in this country who maybe can't can't quite wrap his head around. My goodness, look at look at look at what we're into. There's a lot of heady stuff going on for the first uh couple of months of his of his presidency look at all the stuff he has to clean up from when resident obama left behind resident obama kicking the can down the road now you've got a nuclear capable north korea that is developing missile technology that can hit california that's kind of a that's kind of a big deal that obama did nothing to shore up when he was occupying the oval office so, at any rate, uh, let's see, before we go, let's go to Fox Business. To finish, but then you look at the Shell Revolution and Shell Oil in, in West Texas and, and places like that, that's about seven months. So you got your whole seven and seven oil <laughs> wow. cocktail, and I don't think it's one you want to drink, though. With pop- President Trump signed today, folks, the ability for us to drill offshore, basically reversing Obama-era restrictions on energy development. So, now... As, as gratified as I am to see the Obama agenda unwind, as, as gratified as I am to see that 
we have now a pro-American president sitting in the Oval Office. I still don't take a great deal of comfort that this is all being done through executive order. Because that means it's temporary. What I am saddened by is the, the continued dysfunction of Republicans in Congress. I'll deal with that coming up on the other side of the break as Republicans are now saying, guess what? Obamacare is here to stay. Back in a minute, the Chris Salcedo Show here on The Blaze. Keep up with the Chris Salcedo Show on Facebook and on Twitter at Chris Salcedo TX. Just another way to stay in touch with Chris on the Blaze Radio Network. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-803-6951. This is the Chris Salcedo Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network. <laughs> yeah, Ellie and I were just talking about, hey, I wonder if uh, the folks at .com are going to, hey, Salcedo, <laughs> out of the shoot, calling somebody an a-hole. Let's put that up on the front page. <laughs> hey, you want to get some clicks over there at, at Blaze.com? Put that up there. Huh? <laughs> I, I know they listen over there, too. Because they're forced to. Um, <laughs> look, in case you're new to the Salcedo Show, folks, I don't normally start off the show by calling somebody an a-hole. But I, it was, I, had, I had literally seen that article just before getting on the air, and it so infuriated me. It was the first thing that, that jumped into my mind. <laughs> and Ellie's over there. The look on her face. Well, Ellie, why don't you, instead of me telling folks what you thought, you're over there like, oh, Okay. <laughs> We start, we're starting off and oh, it's going to be one of those days, right? Here we go. Here, here we go. Happy for ha- hey everybody, happy Friday. So and so over the Washington Post is an a hole. Happy Friday. Well, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of one of my favorite movies. You know how to play winning hard nose football? You play football like Engineer played football. A guy who gave his life for this football team. He was a hundred and forty pound halfback, and he played like a damn wild man. <laughs> No, like a damn rampaging beast. And that's the way you're going to do it. You go out there, you tear their f***ing heads off, and you're <laughs> down their necks. Let us pray. <laughs> so, yes, yes, a-hole, Washington Post. Happy Friday, everybody. Let us pray. Uh, 888-900-3393, 888-900-3393. So uh, many of you were probably a little taken aback by, whoa, 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 wait a minute. What, what, what do you mean the GOP has already consigned itself to keep Obamacare? Well, speak, well, let's start off here. Speaker Ryan yesterday addressing the idea that weak-kneed, limp-noodle Northeastern Republicans would lose their seats if they vote to get rid of Obamacare, which, which by the way, they're not doing. They're not getting rid of Obamacare. But uh, 
the, the, the question came to Paul Ryan, well, you know, aren't you concerned about these fake Northeastern Republicans who think that they're going to get votes from Democrats in their district or uh, fake Republicans in their district by accepting that we need an entitlement here? Aren't you afraid they're going to get voted out? And we promised that we would do this. If you violate your promise, if you commit the sin of hypocrisy in, in politics, that's the greater risk, I think, to a person's seat. So you mean these Republicans inside of their districts who campaigned on repealing Obamacare, they're, the people that elected them didn't mean it? They didn't mean it? Or maybe some of these Northeastern Republicans didn't campaign on repealing Obamacare. Some of these statists in the Republican Party in the Northeast. Jim Jordan revealed as the Freedom Caucus has come on board with the latest incarnation of this that they're going to vote for it. They, by the, all you conservatives out there, you're screwed. The Freedom Caucus has abandoned the idea that we're going to repeal Obamacare. This bill doesn't fully repeal Obamacare, and that's a problem. But it at least gives the states the option who get that waiver to get rid of those regulations. We think this is the best bill that can get out of the House of Representatives or we wouldn't be supporting it. That's the best the GOP can do with control over the House of Representatives. That's the best? Now, look, I understand why they want to get by this. They want to get by this so they can get the savings and then go do tax reform, which is incredibly important. And we went over this yesterday. I get it. But leaving the the structure of Obamacare in place, I want to remind all of you that the Salcedo Show axiom says this. It is best not to give government power lest it be abused. You leave that piece of garbage, that albatross waiting in the wings, and the next leftist who occupies the Oval Office, we are screwed. Look at the damage President Obama did over these last eight years with that damn thing. We don't need an entitlement here. It needs to go. It needs to be gone. And you know what? Crowdhammer, I think, had a great solution to this. We completely 100% agree that the House Republicans ought to send up a full repeal bill to the Senate and dare those vulnerable Democrats to filibuster it. And dare them to fill now, 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 granted, that doesn't get it in the rearview mirror and that won't allow easily tax reform to be done. I understand. I get it. But, man alive, you are trading away. And, and I, dollars to donuts, folks, there are, there are Republicans out there who believe that if we can just get growth going back, we can afford Obamacare. They are out of their minds. Entitlements and the skyrocketing cost of entitlements, they never go in reverse. They never go in reverse because they are subsidized. You get more of what you subsidize. And you set up this system where Obamacare is accepted. Kiss the country goodbye. Oh, we got to do tax reform. Yeah. Tax reform is going to be there. I promise you. But this whole idea, we've got to get the economy going so we can afford all of this nonsensical government. It's idiocy. And and, well, here comes A.B. Stoddard over at Fox News. She is agreeing. Uh, that yeah, it's this is this is Obamacare light that they're that now the freedom the freedom caucus the cons- the alleged conservatives they're going to vote 
for Obamacare light. I mean, look, let's give the administration and the Republican leadership credit for really trying hard and not walking away from the table as the president first threatened to. I think it's incredible that they brought around a bunch of Freedom Caucus members because this is Obamacare light and it is not a repeal. It provides flexibility to the states. Um, but And just explain that. A waiver so the states uh, can opt out. The states would have to come back and say, we think that if we don't require our packages to cover maternity and all these services, essential benefits is the language everyone keeps hearing, that our customers will get a better bill and it'll be better for our constituents and it'll lower their premiums. And they have to make that case on an individual basis. Here's the problem. Remember when the Democrats passed Obamacare and the Democrats gave themselves and their staff um Roughly 12 grand a year to defer the costs that would definitely go up under Obamacare. Remember that? How, how much we, we said that, that was just uh, deplorable? Well, the GOP said that under this new Obamacare light that they were about ready to vote on, they were going to exempt themselves and their staff. The GOP did this, folks. I'll talk about that coming up. 888-900-3393. The Chris Salcedo Show. On the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to the Latino conservative, Chris Salcedo, on the Blaze Radio Network. It's Chris Salcedo's show. Welcome to it, everybody. I am your liberty-loving Latino. Do not confuse me with loudmouth leftist Latinos out there. I actually love the United States of America. Let's have a conversation about the president's first 100 days. Richard Manning is the president of Uh, Americans for Limited Government, a group that identifies, exposes, and works with Congress and state legislatures to prevent the continued expansion of government. Manning was a George Bush appointee as the Public Affairs Chief of Staff at the U.S. Department of Labor. Mr. Manning, welcome back to the Salcedo Show. Happy to be on. This is a great time to be be talking about what's going on in D.C., yeah, well, well, it all depends on which which uh, side of government you're looking on. I think there's a good case to be made that if you look over at the White House, there's plenty of room for optimism. When you look at what's happening over in Congress, not so much. But let's talk about Trump. Let's focus on his first 100 days. You wrote a piece for Fox News entitled uh, Trump's First 100 Days, A Crash Course in Creative Destruction. What do you mean by this? Well, in, in capitalism, there's a term called creative destruction. What that means is as, it, as things, as time moves, people figure out bigger, better, faster uh, ways of doing things. And so you end up with the, you know, the buggy whips, uh, manufacturers becoming obsolete and the, uh, and the like. So you have this normal process that exists. But President Trump is taking a businessman's look at government and saying, wait a second, it doesn't make any sense to do things the way we've been doing them. That's, that's really geared, much of it's geared towards a, not only a 20th century economy, but a 19th century economy. I'm not talking about separation of powers and, and, and regular representative government. I'm talking about the bureaucratic structures that have been put in place back in, ni- in the 1930s 
that are designed to dealing with an industrial world that no longer have any relevance and, in fact, are, are creating massive um, problems for us economically around the world. All right. So, uh, so, so Donald Trump is basically doing away with the way things have always been done in, in Congress, which I think there's, there is room to say that the, the government and the Congress are emblematic of how it's run today of, of a failure of individuals who have not kept up with, uh, with the traditions of the, uh, of the American style of governance. So he is changing the way things have quote unquote always been done. And it's, it's shaking things up, and I, and I think it's for a positive effect. Give give me your evaluation of Trump's first 100 days. Well, I think it's I would give him a B, solid B. Um, you know, it's a I think we're redefining this uh, how how the 100 days should be looked at. The, the press wants to a lot of mainstream press wants to look at it. How many bills got passed? Well, I would answer 11 bills. At least 11 bills got passed that struck down Obama regulations and made it so future administrations could never do those kind of regulations again. So those are real bills cast, but they don't count to the left far left because it isn't a compromise where Chuck Schumer gets to write the bill and the president signs it. So we've got a, the things he's done by taking us out of TPP, by taking a look at the, at the bilateral relationships with Canada and Mexico and how those things need to be altered to best fit America's needs and really update them to meet both of those countries' needs also. His decisions to really try to push the envelope in terms of a whole wide variety of executive orders ranging from Keystone XL to the Dakota pipeline, Access Pipeline, um, trying, saying that they have to use American steel to build it um, as a condition. Those are all just kind of changing the, the way people look at government. But what I think is most impressive to me is he looks at it problems like um, North Korea, which has been with us for since the 1960s, obviously, and but it really was exacerbated when during the Clinton administration, when they basically gave North Koreans carte blanche to go off and do whatever they wanted to do, and now you're looking 20 years later, and you have a and they're on the verge of having nuclear capability of hitting Japan or even the United States. So he's taking a look at that. He said, well, how do I get the Chinese involved? Because you have to have the Chinese involved to make that work. And he held up something the Chinese need, and that's currency manipulation. He said, you know, we can take a look at this currency manipulation, whether we're going to, use, whether we're going to negotiate it or not. Let's take a look at what you do about the North Koreans. If you do something and eliminate nuclear North Korea, then we can talk about currency manipulation. And to me, that's being smart. That's looking around corners and figuring out where you've got leverage, using yeah. that leverage to get something done you want to get done. Richard Manning, president of Americans for Limited Government, is our guest right now, folks. And Steve Hilton was on Fox News. Of course, he was a, a, one of the Brexit guys, was on Fox News and gave this evaluation saying that Trump has surprised him in, in a particular arena. Listen to this. And I think perhaps the most surprising thing um, in terms of the expectations is that actually he's done better on the national security front than on the domestic front. People were really concerned about his leadership on the international stage. How would we deal with all the leaders and, and would he be this crazy person running around destabilizing the world? Actually, he's been surprisingly reassuring to a lot of people on the international front. Right. You contrast what how Donald Trump has handled his first a couple of months in office compared to what Obama did. Obama destabilized the entire world by withdrawing American 
uh, the, the, the stabilizing force that America is. And then you've got Trump reasserting it and providing stability and, reinsur- and reassurance to to freedom loving peoples all over the globe. And many are surprised that he's he's better on international affairs than he is on domestic. Well, you, you see, I'm not surprised. And the reason I'm not surprised is because he fundamentally understands power and he fundamentally understands deal making. And as a result, he sits, he looks at things from a perspective of not uh, of not only what other people want, but what's in America's interests. And the single thing that people want in the world is an America that's where they know where America's going to stand on something. That's the stabilizing influence. If we're the anchor, we're the, the core anchor that everything else flies around. And when you have no, when there's no anchor, we're just kind of floating, whatever, depending on what's happening in the world and changing our policies. That's when the world destabilizes because there's nobody to hold it together. You know, like it or not, America is that anchor for the world. And when we have somebody who's clear and concise, sits down with leaders, tells them what he thinks, and they know they can trust to tell him what he thinks, at that juncture, those leaders take that word to the bank, and they are, and they know how, what they can get away with, what they can't get away with, and it provides a platform for deal making. A prime example of what you're talking about is what the president of the United States said just yesterday when it came. To NAFTA, he he basically signaled to Canada and Mexico, hey, we're out. Then all of a sudden the phone rang. They called me and they said, rather than terminating NAFTA, could you please renegotiate? Uh, I like them very much. I respect their countries very much. Uh, the relationship is very special. And I said, I will hold on the termination. Let's see if we can make it a fair deal. If I'm unable to make a fair deal for the United States, meaning a fair deal for our workers and our companies, I will terminate NAFTA. But we're going to give renegotiation a good, strong shot. And, and we, you know, I'm struck by Richard is that that boy, that that sounds an awful lot like a, a strong leader. And we haven't seen that in eight years in this country. Well, I, I would contend that we haven't seen that kind of forthright determination that we're going to have America first for 20. But it's a, uh, but, you know, yes, I think we have a strong leader that is determined to do what's in America's interest. But he recognizes that you don't take hardline positions with, a, with the idea of, oh, we're just going to stay here. You set the edge and then you negotiate from the edge. And by setting the edge of getting out of NAFTA, and, and let me point this out, through the TPP, which included Mexico and Canada, President Obama was did renegotiate NAFTA under the context of the Trans-Pacific Partnership. So this is not a new idea to renegotiate NAFTA. It's yeah. something President Obama was doing through TPP. But by setting the edge and saying, we're going to get out of NAFTA, he now has said, okay, now, let's, now we're having a conversation as to whether or not this is a good agreement at all. Convince me it's a good agreement. You know, show me the money for all intents and purposes. Yeah, Let's exactly. Make this work for everybody. That's how you negotiate. You don't start from the middle and then and hope you can hold on there. You start from where the the getting out, and then you move from there to create a better deal. And that way, you rethink everything. Everything's on the table, and we're and we're able to get a deal that makes sense for the 21st century um, and for all three countries. Richard Manning, everybody, President of Americans for Limited Government. Always appreciate the visit here on the Salcedo Show. Have a great weekend. Thank you. Appreciate it very much. Bye-bye. When we come back, folks, we'll um, talk a little bit more about the Republicans and they're moving ahead with Obamacare light. This is opening them up to derision. And whereas there is one left winger who I'm not particularly fond of, 
there, there are left wingers that I like. Uh, uh, I, I don't know why, but Bill Maher, I just like him. Don't agree with him. Don't agree with the dang thing he says, but I like him. Uh, this left winger, I don't even like. But when the side that is supposed to represent my conservative views leaves an opening for this type of derision from a left-wing idiot, it really does smart. And we'll play the soundbite for you coming up. The Chris Salcedo Show here on The Blaze. He is a liberty-loving Latino conservative. Need we say more? The Chris Salcedo Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Conservative Talk Radio with Spice. Ben, you keep hearing that there are people in the White House, Ryan's previous among them, who are pushing to, to push this up as quickly as they The 100th day, by the, the way. 100th day. They want, they want an additional accomplishment in the first 100 days. This would certainly be it if they could get this through the House. I mean, would it? Uh, welcome back, everybody. It's the Chris Salcedo Show. That's Steve Hayes and, and Brad Bear having a conversation about uh, there was a, some sort of push to get this thing voted on by Saturday, this Obamacare light. And I, I don't know that it would be seen as an accomplishment. It would be, now look, I, I recognize what it is. I also recognize what it isn't. It isn't repeal. It isn't repeal. And this country does not need Obamacare. This country has been harmed by Obamacare. It needs to leave. Government needs to get out of health care and health insurance, period. End of story. So I don't know that this would be a quote-unquote accomplishment. I think if this thing is voted on, Republicans can kiss their majority goodbye in the House of Representatives in 2018. As a matter of fact, they, they, they will not have won this show over. That's for sure. I mean, I, I, the question I think is, will the moderates ultimately come around? I don't think, I mean, they're complaining that the bill's gone too far to the right. I mean, the moderates, many of the moderates were making that complaint with the original. Too far to the right? Why does this have to be a, uh, a right-left discussion among Republicans? Well, I'm a moderate Republican. What the hell does that mean? What, you, you like statism? Is that what you like? You, 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 like, you like government to get involved somewhat in people's private health care? Really? Version of this. And I don't think the tweak has been that significant, as Jim Jordan suggested. But it's been enough to get some House Freedom Caucus members on board. The other question is, will you see the media covering these moderates as obstinate and intransigent and, and angry the way that they always do the Freedom Caucus? You get his point there, right? When, when the Freedom Caucus said no the first go-around after 18 days of debate. When the Freedom Caucus said no, well, the media said, oh, they're just these conservatives who say no to everything. Say no to everything. Now, will they say, will they say that kind of thing to the, the John McCain equivalents in the House of Representatives? Remember, John McCain, because he stabs conservatives in the back, the, the, the basket of bias, Brian Williams Press, they love him. Until he runs against a Democrat, then they, then they hate his guts. But you understand, anybody that is 
tilting more to their way of thinking, I mean the press, they adore. And they won't besmirch or bemoan the same way that um, was done to conservatives in the Freedom Caucus. But I, for the life of me, I can't figure out why the Freedom Caucus has, has folded up their tents on this one. Now, I mentioned left-wingers taking full advantage of what the Republican Party has done. And one of the aspects of this, which is true, they've exempted themselves from Obamacare 2.0, Obamacare light. The new revised plan, uh-huh. unlike Obamacare, under the new plan, individual states would be allowed to not cover pre-existing conditions. Okay, it'll be like state by state. Yeah, 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 it's, it's not a good deal. That's why New Hampshire is changing their license plate from live free or die to live here and die. <laughs> And in preparation for this passing, just in case, yesterday the House GOP exempted themselves from zombie Trump care. No, listen, hey, 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 no, do not be too hard on these guys. You have to understand, they all would have lost their coverage because being a bag is a pre-existing condition for these guys. Uh, On that second point, I've got to agree with Colbert, exempting yourselves from the rules you're going to impose on the rest of the country. Yeah, that's kind of a D-bag thing to do. By the way, on his first part of his statement, and you've got to forgive Stephen Colbert, he's a left-wing moron. The new revised plan, Uh unlike Obamacare, under the new plan, individual states would be allowed to not cover pre-existing conditions. See, states don't cover people. Mr. Colbert, uh, that's supposed to be the job of private insurance companies. The government isn't supposed to cover your health care. The government's not supposed to be involved in this stuff, Mr. Colbert. No, no, forget, you're, you're a left-wing kook, and I get it, and I understand uh, why, why you're under this misconception that government's supposed to be in every facet of our lives, you socialist moron. But in America, where capitalism is supposed to be the way things are supposed to go, It's the private sector who's supposed to do the insuring and the states are supposed to keep their big fat noses out of it. But the Republicans and the way they conduct themselves leave themselves wide open to idiots like Colbert. So what can you do? Chris Salcedo Show, part of Generation Blaze, only on the Blaze Radio Network. 